off the year. All right, uh, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I'm your host, William Blue, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Hello, Nets Nation. The off-season's over before it begins. <laughs> All right, Simon, last time you were about to put a bullet in your brain, <laughs> and the winning streak has continued. Yeah. Um, have you reversed your feelings about ending your young, young life? Put the bullet back in the chamber. <laughs> uh, we're on a four-game, a torrid hot streak. We are, are playing at home on this lazy, rainy Sunday afternoon, the Atlanta Hawks in a mere... One hour and 50 minutes. Uh, we have two times the amount of victories that the Hawks do this year. Simon, are we winning our fifth game in a row? Uh, hopefully. It's a, it's, a, it's a winnable game. Although I, I know hopefully is like, a, you know, are you tanking or what, you know, what can you do about that? But uh, I, 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 I think so. Um, to me, things are rolling right now, right? This is four victories. I can't remember the last time the Nets won four games in a row. It was row. in 2014, 2015. 2014, 2015. Thank you. Um, it's been a while. This feels wow. really good, but it also feels like the exact moment for the Nets to lose an imminently winnable game mm. to an At- a miserable Atlanta Hawks. Uh, team, it's going to be the Jeremy Lin revenge game. <laughs> It'll be the first time he's back uh, since, really since the first game of last season yeah. when he shattered his body for the second season <laughs> in a row. So the glass man returneth, uh, and I fear he will slayeth upon his return. Um, he's got a chip on his shoulder, and I, I don't know that the Nets are up to the challenge. That said, I hope I'm wrong. I hope we keep this streak going, and uh, I hope the Nets continue to be one of the most dominant teams in the National Basketball Association. Big time. So, lots to talk about yeah, this week. Absolutely. Actual things have happened. Um, beyond just the winning streak, which is, I think we've exhausted that subject. Um, biggest thing Nets Nation is talking about right now, Spencer Dinwiddie inked it up, three-year, $34.5 million contract with a player option in year three. Mm-hmm. This was signed months before it needed to be signed. Everyone who's anyone has something to say on the matter, Simon. I'd like to hear what you've got to say. My take. Thank you so much, Bill. Well, listen, uh, as listeners of this podcast will know, both Bill and I are not big Keep Spencer Dinwiddie fans. Um, I just don't think, like, a a team that really more than anything else needs high-end young talent uh, it just seems an odd thing to do to ink somebody to a, a substantial contract of uh, $34 million a year for three years. We'll at least have him for two years, and if he decides to be here for a third, he can. Um, so it's it's $10 million and change the first year, $11 million and change the next year, $12 million and change the third year. Uh, which is significant money. Um, we had to dump Jeremy Lin, who was on a similar contract uh, this this last year. So it's not, you know, and we had to give up a, a little bit. So it's 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 significant money. 
And it's for a player with a very low ceiling, I think it's fair to say. Even the people praising this, as you mentioned to me, Bill, off mic on the ringer, are thinking of it as perfectly solid money to play for, like, a good reserve. Yeah. Uh, but so they don't they aren't like, OK, now it's time for him to, you know, take the next step and be in the starting lineup. They're like, fine, the Nets, you know, whatever. I, I don't know. So it's just such a dull thing. I feel like they should have tried to do something a little wackier um, and uh, preserve money to try to go after or or finagle some way to get maybe in a dump or something to finagle that money, leverage that money into a more exciting, higher upside player. That's my take. Yeah, I would say when we can we can spend as much or as little time talking about this as you want, but I would say one thing I'm experiencing that isn't really about Spencer, but about the entire thing in general, is just how weird I I feel our opinion is, in, uh, at least amidst the people that we're nets interacting with. Mm-hmm. So universally <laughs> in the block, signing Spencer is looked at as a revered thing. Yeah, These we have are, to be very closeted in our in our disdain we, for the one for guy we can talk to right. about it, but even he is like fine. Yeah. No, I know, I know. He's he, he's he's into Dinwiddie. Um oh come here. Um Sorry, we're having some dog issues. Uh, so, as one of us predicted, yeah, I know. I should have given him that ear. Um, so, I, I just feel I feel very uh, like I'm not getting something. Like I'm not seeing something about Spencer Dinwiddie that everyone else is seeing. Again, uh, like like they discussed on the Ringers Corner Three, he's a good sixth man. Mm-hmm. He's a really good sixth man. And if you consider the point guard position to be the the most important position in the NBA, debatable, but it is certainly that or, you know, uh, two or three. Um, then, you know, it's good to have that guy locked up. And he is a serviceable six man, but that is, like you said, what he is. Why did we have to go in now? Why did we have to give up the cap space that we would have had had we not done it? So we were willing to give up the cap space. Mm-hmm. Right, so having him on limits our cap space by about nine million dollars because the hold was like one point six, and this is ten point whatever. It's about nine million. So that I think is a recognition that the Nets are not going to get anyone good in free agency next season. Would you say that this is an indication of that? I would say. I would say I'm more hopeful than you. I will never let die Tobias Harris until he is signed, uh, probably the day of free agency. Right, by the but Clippers. I think I would say that that is not <laughs> the uh, the superstar that I'm Oh, sure, about. yeah. No, I, I mean, the days of, like, theoretically getting two max free agents with our $70 million in cap space right. are, are literally gone as opposed to just being... Functionally gone. Right, right. Um, yeah. So, oh, so so on, along the lines of people being positive, I forgot to mention this one thing, Bill, that I'll, I'll just say briefly uh, to try to get us in a positive mood sure. about Spencer. Maybe yeah. ingratiate us with the block folks. I have noticed that um, over the last three games, um, 
Spencer has been going to the free throw line a ton. So he has the ga- been transcendent. Yeah. yeah. So the game we we just saw, he went to the line uh, nine times, uh-huh. um, or maybe it was ele- I think it was eleven times and scored nine nine points at the line. The game before that, his big career thirty nine point game, uh, he went to the line uh, fourteen times. And the game before that, he went to the line eight times. His his actual overall thing, I believe, I don't have it in front of me, unfortunately, but I believe he's he's averaging going to the line five or six times, which is pretty good. Yeah, that's definitely getting there, um, especially for a non-star. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has certainly complained enough to <laughs> have grabbed the attention of the refs. I don't know that that has necessarily endeared them to him. But did you did you hear about what happened when the Rockets were playing the Lakers the other day? No. Uh, by the third or fourth quarter, the Lakers, including LeBron James, um, but him and Ball and maybe one other guy, when they were guarding James Harden, they literally put their hands behind their backs because they could. They were getting called for every single thing that he did, um, and so so there are players. There, there's a, like a balance between. That and D'Angelo Russell, who has maybe had other than technical free throws that he gets to shoot, uh, you know, like one a game or something yeah. like that. It's just scandalously low. Um, and I guess, you know, you'd want him to be James Harden. It's just not a fun thing to watch. Um but, but yeah, I don't I don't know what the point is. I guess yeah, that, that's I didn't know that about Spencer. He does seem like a guy who would be able to draw more contact um, than D'Lo. This is style. It's the only yes. It's the only thing that really keeps me positive about this is the idea that he can manufacture points that he can get to the rim. Right. Uh, did so. In addition to the block being being universally, uh, with the exception of us, into Dinwiddie, of course, Ned Staley is into it. Um, the writers at uh, New York Post seem to be into it. Uh, Mike Scotto of the Athletic is into it. Really? And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Same. Same thing. Um, and the glue guys discuss it. I have not listened. Oh, Full okay. disclosure, I have not listened. Oh, all right, all but right, right. I would love to hear about it. Um, don't have a lot. They they suggest that they think the Nets initially offered him four years, mm. but that Spencer and his agent wanted three. Mm. What do you think about that? It, it seems p- possible, although it did seem like Spencer said he would sign that contract. Yeah, So did. maybe the Nets were like, we're not going to give you that, but we'd love to have you... Uh, for less for four years, but I don't know. Like, it's not much less. No, it's not much less. It's, you know, obviously a year where you don't have to pay him. It could be construed as he believes in himself. He wants to get the guaranteed money since he hasn't actually gotten paid yet. Right. And to take away the insecurity of potentially getting injured this year. And, um, and to do that... But but also give himself the opportunity to get a massive paycheck mm-hmm. in two years if he's actually really good for the next two years right. and becomes a starter. For me, of course, uh, all things devolve to what are the implications for D'Angelo mm-hmm. Russell. Your non, uh, your objective, my objective uh, yes. player on this Nets team that needs to be dealt with as any other. Cold asset wood. <laughs> uh, what do you think it means for D'Angelo? Oh boy, I don't know. Did you read the article about how they can have them both? Yes, and they can technically. I'm sure 
I mean, they have the money to sign them both. As I mentioned to you at the game on Friday, it to me is profoundly depressing to think about getting the gang back together again at a much higher price. This gang stinks. And to be clear, folks, just before I launch into this, um, D'Angelo was the part of the gang that I was much more interested in keeping. I exclusively viewed Spencer as a trade asset. Um, as I a, really want. I thought we could have gotten so much for him on this little. I know on his on his run here. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, Bill, while you're dealing with coach there, which I do truly appreciate, uh, <laughs> that should not be construed as me being annoyed by this. I think that is the the best thing that can happen right now. Um, <clears throat> with regard to that question, I think it's it's a good opportunity for me to bring up my plus minus. I, I've been hoping experience. you might. I yeah. was, was going to start begging, but I'm glad yeah, you did. Yeah, I, 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 I pick it up what you put me down. Bill. <laughs> I can't play hard to get for that long. So, okay. I, I looked into these plus minuses with some help. I want to give a hat tip here to my main man, uh, Steve Lichtenstein. Yeah, who I saw you. Uh... Showed me how to navigate what I find <laughs> a labyrinthine and totally non-intuitive stats experience on NBA.com. Uh, anyway, he t- walked me through a step-by-step process of how to get there. Um, so okay, all right, lay it on us. Here we go. So the team. Overall, the Brooklyn Nets are at a minus 1.5. So that's that's your baseline, what the Nets are as a whole team. The the point differential is 1.5. Yes, exactly. D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie, when they are on the court together, the team is a minus 12.7. It's actually gone up (laughs) since then. That is atrocious. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's quite bad in in 47 minutes. Also, just a caveat, I'm not sure that I was reading the minutes section of this because they all seem to be about the same and they all seem very low to me. Anyway, D'Angelo and Karis LeVert, minus 6 in 47. Spencer... And Karis LeVert, minus 12 in 46 minutes. Twice as bad. Spencer and Jared Allen, minus 5.4. Jared Allen and D'Angelo, minus 2.1. So those are just some looks at sort of our core-ish pieces. Right. Uh, Who plays well together? Who doesn't? Everyone plays miserably together, but less miserably <laughs> with D'Angelo. Right. More miserably with our beloved and now long-term partner, Spencer Dinwiddie. Exactly. And that, the, the minus 12.7 is close to as bad as it gets. It's it's definitely the worst that I saw of, like, relevant combinations. So, for right. example, like, Fareed and uh, Rondé are much worse, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Right. Um, uh, but like, so of relevant combinations, that is, that is the worst. It's been this way the whole year. Uh, Steve has been banging on this for, for many weeks. Right. Um, so I'm just not, I'm not sure that the Nets will, I know this isn't the only stat that they look at, but like. I, I would be, if I were a GM, I would be very hesitant to give D'Angelo $20 million or something and commit to $30 million plus for two players that are basically like water and oil on the court together. Sure. Um, that could be that they're thinking that maybe Spencer's a trade piece in the offseason to move up in the draft or something like that. Maybe a Phoenix... Uh, would trade Phoenix for their pick and give them Dinwiddie in our first or something like that. Um, who knows? Who knows? Do you think that 
the re like do you think that it's more narrative that people are into with Spencer Dinwiddie? Like so so one thing one thing with one thing with D'Angelo that's a problem is the anchoring effect of him being drafted second. Mm-hmm. So everyone is seeing him through the lens of he's the second best pick. Is he the best second pick in the history of the NBA? Certainly not. Is he the worst? Again, certainly not. Um, but that always raises your expectations for how he is. And if he is not superstar, because that is what's implied by the second pick, then we are more critical of that. Whereas Dinwiddie is a guy who is about to be washed from the league, comes back. It's if, he, if you're doing if you're in the league, if you remain in the league, it's a it's a wonderful, happy ending. It's a nice story to tell ourselves. Do you think that uh, do you think that is what people are attached to with Spencer Dinwiddie, or is it just that 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 people are seeing something in his play that that is impressive enough to that that we're just sort of missing? About? Yeah, I, I I think it is I think it is narrative, and I think it is. The, the way all of these, like, puff pieces on this are written is, like, this is Nets culture, right? We took a player right. that was nearly washed from the league, was basically, wasn't on an NBA team. Uh, we, he had a bad year with us, right? Pre- pretty bad year when mm-hmm. in that awful year when we had, like, less talent than any team in <laughs> recent memory has ever had. <laughs> then the second year where Isaiah Whitehead started like twenty five exactly, games. Exactly. Yeah. The Xing Jang Dragon <laughs> uh superstar. Right, right behind J- Justin Hamilton, <laughs> former teammate Justin <laughs> Hamilton. Right. Um and uh then he had a good a breakout year, a a most improved player third place year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And deserving he, third place, by the way. Sure, not sure. deserving first no, place. No, not deserving first place. Uh then then this year he's improved on that. He's now averaging like 17 points. He's shooting like 46 or 47% from the field. Has had a great run of four games in this four-game win streak. Yeah. Has been has been the better of the two guards in those games. And so comparing that to D'Angelo, D'Angelo is more of a mixed bag both in the league and with us. We don't have, like, he's having a better year this year um, in a couple important categories than he has ever had. But it's not this, like, straight-up, like, you know, amazing trajectory line. Yeah. So I, I think that's another element of it. And okay. They, sorry, oh, the other thing. Sorry, just really quick. No, that's fine. They, they also people do seem to be totally great with signing D'Lo. Um, some really. Yeah, there's uh, there's definite definitely more ambivalence that I sense around D'Lo, both hmm. on Twitter, that's Twitter, and the block, in um, any of the media outlets. There, there's more ambivalence. Whereas it seemed like there was an unequivocal home run. We got Spencer Dinwiddie. He's a fucking hero. He's great. Uh, and I just think that, like, if that's what you believe and that's the type of player that we're going to go after, we're going to be a worse team mm-hmm. than we already are. Um, because that is, like, Joe Harris is a good player that could go to other teams and have a meaningful impact. I would love to see what Spencer Dinwiddie would do on other teams. I think that the illusion of him being good is never going to be higher than when he is here. 
and we should have capitalized that on a trade now but and should at the end of the and, season. And, and don't you think that he makes more sense on another team, even if his impact is lower? Like, on a team that has stars, sure. Sign Dinwiddie. Like, if yeah, but he he's pieces really, to, like... He's become really score first. Yeah, but if he's on like, the he bench, doesn't move like, the, he does not move the ball anymore. No, his usage is still lower than than D'Angelo, but it's up. Um, uh, D'Angelo is somewhere around like thirty percent. He's around like twenty four percent. But yeah, he especially. But D'Lo has a much higher assist percentage than than Spencer. Really? Yeah. Which I'll get to later in the podcast. Okay. Little tease. Yeah, so I I just feel like he's the player that you sign if you have stars, not if you desperately need stars. Yeah, I I I agree. I I want to be convinced. I hope that you know he stays playing at this level, um, in perpetuity. You know, takes over the starting role because he's so dominant, et cetera, et cetera. I just really don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think we've seen the ceiling of Spencer Dinwiddie, and uh, we're going to experience a whole lot more floor going forward. Hmm. But, Simon, one of the things about this Spencer thing that we've already mentioned is what it means for trades, which I think we want to focus trades. on. Trades. We want to talk trades. <laughs> so... Let's transition to the trades. Mm-hmm. Starting on December 15th, mm-hmm. yesterday, uh, midnight, a, a three-team trade was <laughs> announced. And then within about an hour, uh, hilariously and shamefully <laughs> retracted because yes. one team had thought they meant DeLon Brooks and another team had thought Marshawn Brooks. Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking about the wrong guy. So anyway, the point being, teams can trade for a little while. And there are a lot of pieces on the Nets that are tradable. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Right. There are a lot of pieces that technically could be tradable. For the sake of this exercise, it's good to think of them as tradable. Right. So I I did not go super deep on this. Mm -hmm. But what I did was I, I ranked the Nets in order of... Who I think would get the most, what we could get the most for. Okay. And then I, um, and then I put down some people that the Nets might want to target. So I don't know what. How 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 did you go about thinking about this trade thing? Oh, I don't know. I just thought we'd talk some trades. Okay. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'll I'll list who I think the Nets could trade right now uh-huh. and and who has the highest value, and then we can talk about some guys we might want to go after. Great. Okay. Perfect. Because I know for you and for me too, thinking about this is far far more exciting than trying to wrestle with whether we should tank harder yeah. or whether we're gonna beat the Atlanta Hawks tonight. Like trading. You know, as I said, you know, if we got a guy uh, like uh, Markel Fultz or some other, like, perennially injured guy um, who we don't see play, I would love speculating about how they might play. Yes. Um, But I don't actually want to see how any of the Nets do play. I know how they play. Uh, Right. I've seen (laughs) it. I see it every home game from about 35 feet up. And... uh, (laughs) <laughs> it's rough. They stink. Um, all right. So 
this will be quick. I'm just it's just going to be a quick list. Okay. Uh, this is in order of who has the most trade value. D'Angelo Russell, mm-hmm. most trade value. We could actually probably get something good for him. And with this new Spencer signing, if it you know might suggest they're not going to stay with him, I think he's very much in play right now. Agreed. All right, so he's going to get the most. Joe Harris, I would imagine, is second most. Mm-hmm. Third most we could, we could get would be Damari Carroll, mm. who apparently on some big list was um, set down as the second most likely player to get traded in this trade deadline hmm. on NBA.com or something like that. Okay. Um, then it gets a little less valuable. We got Ed Davis. Uh-huh. Uh, Shabazz Napier. Yep. Allen Hot Sauce Williams, I think, would be the next most valuable. Uh, Trevion Graham after that. Rondé, which I think is almost valueless at this point. Really? He's a trade piece. Yeah, I don't think anyone wants Rondé, truly. Um, Oh, I think... Okay, I disagree with that. Okay. uh, Then Allen Crabb. And Kenneth Fareed, I would say, are, are Un- borderline untradeable. Tradable. <laughs> I would not say. I would not say border. I mean, if you traded them, you're getting worse. You're you're back. taking you're on getting, salary yeah, or something, exactly. something, something onerous, right. and it's not going to be fun to it's watch. It's a poison pill it's a po- that you're taking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's Sadmig cyanide. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay, so anyway, those I think are, are the the guys we're talking okay. about potential trade okay. you know, pieces. Sure. Uh, all right, so I'm going to put some names out there. You tell me what you think. Jabari right. Parker. Yes, I Jabari Parker is super super interesting because he's a stretcher. He's a he's he's a four. He's he's a, a four, four, and he at least until this year was pretty good at shooting threes. Um, love the guy. Uh, here, here's my ideal trade package for him. Mm-hmm. We get a future protected first round pick from Chicago and Jabari Parker for yeah. D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> <coughs> I don't like that as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be giving Chicago, yeah. Too, too I mean, it would the, it would be it would mm-hmm. depend, I guess, what the protected first pick would be. Yeah, um, I think Jabari Parker, as someone I heard talking about, him mentioned, he's young. He looks like he's about forty eight years old. <laughs> he just looks sad, weathered, bloated, very out of shape. Is it like if you think D'Angelo is frustrating on defense, which by the way, I think he is playing a lot better defense. He has a better year. defensive rating than Spencer Dinwiddie, folks. Yeah, he is a better right. And he's been getting steals, he's been active. He's not that great at man to man coverage, but he is horrible. No, but he is sneaky and he can get in there and he does put effort in on that end of the court. Uh, but this is getting away from our boy, <laughs> the, the the golden boy, Jabari Parker. Another second round pick. I would say D'Angelo is the second round. Uh, sorry, second um, number pick. two pick yeah, in the yeah, draft, yeah. not second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, D'Lo has had the better career than Jabari Parker. Mm-hmm. Not considered total trash. <laughs> right. Uh, Jabari <laughs> Parker like Jabari. is truly fallen from grace. So I do yep. not necessarily think we need to trade our. Arguably best player for him. Okay, curious to see what you think we could get. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't know that that we would be able to do anything to get Jabari Parker. Okay, 
Um, I don't see what Chicago. What we don't have any good young people that they right. Want. They aren't interested in a Joe Harris. They that's don't just want a Demari like Carroll. Right. They, yeah. yeah. They don't need it. Right. I don't. I don't see us getting Jabari Parker. Okay. Well, I can live with that. To okay. be honest, I can live with that. <laughs> Josh Jackson. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. Phoenix Sun, mm-hmm. uh, number four pick in last year's draft, mm-hmm. uh, has more or less fallen out of the rotation except for when Trajan Langdon, the assistant coach on the Nets and scout, goes down there and they inexplicably put him in the starting lineup. A uh, ton of athleticism in college. Hasn't shown it in the NBA. Simon, what do we do to get him? Do you want him? I don't. I don't. Really want him honestly. I I I have tried to really like him. I, he is a four uh-huh. or a three or three or four could could whatever. Four. He's a wing four. Um, he just seems to stink. Okay, uh, I don't think we need to spend that much time on Josh Jackson. Okay. I'd love him. Uh, I I. Okay. But again, it's not a thing. Like Phoenix doesn't want anyone old. I'm not willing to give up D'Angelo for him. What would you? Here, here's an here's a cue for you, Bill. Yeah. What would you do if you traded D'Angelo Russell? I know you don't want to do that, but you got a future Suns pick that was very lightly protected. Let's say top five first round protected. Okay. And and Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson. Oh. Sure. Yow. <laughs> now, I don't think the Suns would do that, but I honestly think that's basically what Josh Jackson is worth based on the limited amount of information I have on him, which is all bad. Yeah, like, no, it's, it's all so horrible. hard to look at him. It's it's not good. I like him a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> I know he'd be bad, and I know Kenny would hate him, and oh, he's, not, yeah. he's not a Dudley Ooh, type four. He, no, he is not. He is not a Kenny four. No, he's he is not, not. boring and bad enough to be a Kenny no, four. No, he is a hold the ball. He is a Jalil Okafor. He's going he's gonna to wow you, and he's, then he's going to get benched. Yeah, I'm going to get a, a drink here. Do you want something? Uh, sure. Grab me a Miga. All right. Next guy we're going to talk about, Simon. Otto Porter Ooh. Jr. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Little background on Otto Porter Jr. Nets handed the Wizards a poison pill contract that the Wizards, one of many horrible contracts that they currently have, uh, <laughs> and are desperately trying to, or would in theory... Desperately try to get off of, um, but are not going to be able to. In addition to which, and I, I bring this up because I know you're captivated by Otto Porter, mm-hmm. um, but I bring it up more because of the move the Wizards just made. Yes. Where they got Trevor Ariza. Yes. Um, so they got Trevor Ariza, which to me suggests that they are not cognizant of the fact that they need to blow that team up. <laughs> and they think that getting Ariza is going to help them become the super elite, competitive, top team in the East thing that they clearly want to become. Uh, that is a mistake on, <laughs> on the oldest, longest-standing GM in the league, Ernie Grunsfeld. Right. Who could be maybe the worst GM. It's insane what he's doing. I don't know what is happening, but like, they, even basically they just sent away Kelly Oubre and Austin Rivers. Who cares about Austin Rivers? But Kelly Oubre, a good potential future guy, mm-hmm. to get 
someone so that they can maybe secure the eighth seed over the Orlando Magic. And, as I read, is is also somebody who is deeply respected by John Wall. <laughs> oh, yes. Because so, he was on that team and they right. got along well. Apparently, he, Beal, and Wall all got along well. So it's like a throwback. It's such a it's such a backwards looking move, but because we're talking to Nets Nation right now, we don't need to get bogged down in the horror yeah, show. Yeah, although I would love to talk is... off mic about that because it's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, anyway, no, it's yeah, a disastrous yeah. move. Yeah, what do you want to do to get Otto Porter Jr.? Anything, everything. Gotta have him. Gotta have him. <laughs> no, um, look, I don't really know. So, I mean, this gets back to the whole thing. I do think we should tank. I do think that even if we got out of party, we wouldn't be that much better. But I do think we need to finish in the bottom six. Very possible to do. We're yep. super, super easy to do that right now. I think we're just outside of that right now. I think oh, we're yeah. like seven. We're on a four-game winning streak. We're still right down there at the bottom, <laughs> of, the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, but you don't want to do too much to, to mess with that. But here's the thing, and I know you and I really disagree on this. And me and I am like the – I am the big-time out, outlier on this. I'm the only Otto Porter nut in the world, I think. But I love the guy. I just love him. I had him <laughs> on my fantasy team last year. I, I, I just think he would look so good on the nets. He could play the three. He could play the four. He could be the stretch four that we've long coveted. Um I would trade – of course I would trade Alan Crabb. It does not seem like Grunfeld is going to take that trade. Mm -mm. He might, though – he might take – if he comes to his better senses, he might take it Joe Harris. Um, And I know that people would hate that trade because we could get something more valuable and – or at least more interesting like a Markel Fultz Mm -hmm. for – for Joe Harris, perhaps they so, wouldn't. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be possible to do a straight up Joe Harris. Yeah, that's true. We'd have the to do. The money is very right. Off. We'd ha- we'd have to trade them like Demari or something. We'd we yeah we to, to offset the money. I don't really know what we could give the Wizards that they would want because I don't think they want D'Angelo either. No, and that's a problem with a lot of these trades. So there's a uh, Brandon Ingram. There's talks that he, they could the Lake. I mean, but he's one of the higher value assets. And I was trying to think of something that we could give to the Lakers. Nothing would really work unless there was a third team that wanted D'Lo and sent them something. Mm -hmm. But that's not going to happen. Markel Fultz, again, like maybe they they valued Damari Carroll, the Sixers. I could actually see that. Yeah. The Sixers wanting to run with Damari Carroll in the playoffs. Yeah, maybe as a right as a seasoned vet who's been there before. I mean, they went. You know, they got um, they got Bellinelli and Ilyasova last year, and they helped out majorly. If if uh, Demare can be the three and D guy, maybe Demare and like Joe Harris, but that's a lot to give up for Markel. I would give up Damari and, and Joe Harris. I sure, mean, Joe Harris I mean, is the harder part of that. I don't give a shit about Damari, honestly. No, I don't care. I, I certainly don't. But um, I don't care about either of them. Uh, they're all – anyone over the age of 22 on the Nets, I'm happy to trade. Yeah, I, I think we can get we can get something for Joe Harris. He's He is actually against both of what you and I both said – he, that is a good contract. Yeah. Like, it's a super tradable contract. Joe Harris is very valuable in that role as, like, just a dude who doesn't do anything bad, really. He turns the ball over a bit. But basically, he just shoots threes and is a solid locker room guy and, like, 
plug him on any team, and any team wants that player. <laughs> um, final guy we're going to talk about, Julius Randle. Yeah. Pelicans hmm. are in desperate need of a wing. Hmm. Their defense takes a massive hit when Randall's on the floor. Interesting. They have a really good starting four, stretch four, yeah. in Miritich. And they're probably not going to keep both of those players. And they're probably not going to be able to keep both of them. It's not working right now. They need something to get in the playoffs. Again, like I said, they're desperate for wings. What do you think about the Nets offering up some of our prized wings for a little Julius? Who is our only wing? Karras? Our prized wing? Karras? No. Uh, Joe Harris and Damari Carroll. Oh, oh Alan my Crabb. God, yes. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I dive. I don't. In a heartbeat, right? Any of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any combination of those, of those people, but yeah. you would be fine with if it meant getting Ooh, Julius. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a so much better player. Than any of those players. He's having a phenomenal season. He is almost unstoppable when he's driving to the rim. Mm-hmm. He's a good rebounder. Um, his defense isn't great, as mentioned, but again, he's a good rebounder, which, you know, is we, a form of defense. Yeah. Um, and Bill, I gotta tell you, I, I I was wrong about Julius Irving, okay? We, we Randall, you and Randall. I nearly or sorry, Julia yeah. Yeah, yeah. You were wrong about Dr. J. <laughs> he was a great player. <laughs> Not uh, good, great. Uh, right. Um <laughs> No, sorry, yeah, Julius Randle. Uh, and I know we almost came to blows about m- me saying that, that uh, Rondé is basically a, like, slightly lesser <laughs> version of Julius Randle. That's not I true. mean, we came to emotional blows, for sure. Yeah. I have been never been called as mean of things as you were saying about me when I had the audacity to suggest that Rondé was not a good shooter. I was very protective of Rondé. I felt the This was like a month ago. Yeah, yeah, well, I've completely... Yeah, well, I you, do not... I do think he does have trade value. I think you could easily, easily, easily get a second round pick for Rondé. So, I think we got to move on. Mm-hmm. We have gone deep on the trades. There, it's a fascinating time of year. I yeah. can't... I really pray to the cuckolding god that was mentioned in the last episode that we oh, yeah. that we uh, trade for someone yeah. if one of those guys that I just mentioned is on this team in three yeah. weeks that would make at least you know a few weeks of the season infinitely more exciting I think of of, of all those guys I, the most exciting and lowest risk to me is Markel I would be so psyched to get Markel Fultz <laughs> I mean, I think the most exciting to watch this season would be Julius Randle because he would be extremely dominant. Yeah, but could we resign him? Would right. We, I mean, yeah, yeah there'd be yeah. some it's agony, there'd be some right. pain. Whereas but... Fultz, it's like, yep, yeah, be shit. We'll see you later. Right. Right. He's getting a rib removed to deal with a literal mental disorder, and that should uh, <laughs> that should sort things out. Simon. We're going to have a little fun here. Oh, I love fun. Um, we don't have a whole lot to lot, lot more. Okay. Um, so don't worry, folks. Okay. We'll get you out of here in no time. Yeah. Uh, did you read the Steve Serby interview with Jared Allen? Uh, yes, Jared I Allen? did. It was so fucking long. It was really long. It was headlined, Jared Allen doesn't mind being the NBA's biggest nerd. Mm. So there were some particularly... <laughs> 
stupid parts of this interview. Mm-hmm. I want to ask the question that Serby asked of Alan. Okay. Read Alan's response, and then I'd like you to respond oh, as thanks, you. Bill. Sure. All right. So, question. What else is on your bucket list? Jarrett Allen. I want to go camping in Maine after the season. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Jarrett really understands what a bucket list is. Oh, my God, man. I think it's like a to-do list. Right. (laughs) Right. Like, oh, actually, I think I forgot to brush my teeth earlier, so that's (laughs) definitely on the list. Exactly. Uh, um, what's on your bucket list? He's going to go camping in the off season. Mm-hmm. Simon, what's on your bucket list? Let me give you a similarly mundane okay, bucket list. I'd love item. to hear it. Um, acquire a, an apartment in Brighton Beach. Brighton Beach. God, it is the best neighborhood in the city. The 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 best kept secret in all of real estate, folks. <laughs> all right. Question. What are your favorite Brooklyn things? Answer, I would say the food. In the summertime, the Park Slope Park, in brackets, Prospect Park, up there is amazing. I have Whole Foods walking distance from home. That's an underrated part about Brooklyn to me. Parentheses, laugh. That's funny. (laughs) Whole Foods. Um, So, Simon... What is your favorite Brooklyn things? And please try to make them comparably uh, asinine. <laughs> um, I love our apartment complex, Bill. Me too. Uh, and I, I love our neighborhood. I think this is the best neighborhood that other I have Brighton ever lived Beach? in. Other than Brighton Beach. <laughs> beca- yeah. In terms of you, – you're talking cost. So you take cost out of it. Right, right, right. Like truly for any amount of money, this is the neighborhood I would want to live in. Yeah, I, I, I love agree. I love it too. It's got great trains, uh, tons of stuff to do. Um, Not completely douchified. No, though increasingly so. Increasingly, increasingly as these so. things go. But, 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 uh, but still has some – Level of there are people of color in this neighborhood. For yeah. example, yeah. Um, it's not a totally soulless death trap yet. No, it's not. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's my answer. Okay. Um, question: You cook, right? Answer: I do. Question: What's your go-to dish? Answer: I don't really have a go-to, but I do like making noodles, like Asian noodles. Laugh. <laughs> Uh, Simon, other than beans and greens, what's your go-to dish? My go-to dish other than beans and greens. <laughs> that, dig, dig deep. That is a good question. <laughs> you know, I did make one time, so this is, it's hard to say it's a go-to dish because right. I've made it once in my yes. entire life, but I was able to make it. Yeah. It's actually quite easy and good per, like, how easy it is. Tuna helper? No. It's, um, you just take pasta, whatever pasta you like. What do you like? Um, I like whole wheat shells, personally. Do you like that, or do you, like, from a guilt health perspective? It's like not it? a health, it's about pooping, but... Well, but, sure. But, yeah. Arguably an aspect yeah, of health. I, I, I like it. I actually, I actually have started to like the, the, the wheat over the, over the regular. Okay. That's the truth. Yeah. Oh, I, have I you ever okay. tried, like, the if veggie any... ones? Or the spinach no, pot? No. Okay. All right. Anyway, go So, okay. I, I will say, uh, one one thing I would say, the other thing I would do is, is bow tie. Love bow tie. Yep. Um, Big fan of bow tie. But I, either one. Then, you take capers, you take artichoke hearts, you take spinach, um, and you take cherry tomatoes. 
a, a, I, I hate, hate cherry, cherry tomatoes. tomatoes. Okay, well, you can leave it out of, of your I recipe, I hate though. cherry tomatoes. <laughs> You you can you can leave it. <laughs> okay. um, no, but I I, I I understand that Hillary also hates them. Um, uh, but anyway, you take those. You take a tremendous amount of oil, a tremendous amount of salt, and a tremendous amount of pepper, and you cook the, the things that are not pasta, right? Obviously, in a pan, and then you pour those things over. But it's really good. Yeah, no, and it quite great. easy to make. Yeah, no, sounds sounds uh, sounds great. Sounds like you could even make that with Asian noodles. E, sure, I don't know. Yeah, sure. I think, you know. Okay. I'll try it out. Uh, <laughs> question, favorite meal? Answer, chicken Alfredo pasta. Hmm. Simon, don't overthink this one. Favorite okay. meal? I'm going to say uh, hanger steak. Hanger steak? Yeah. With uh, chimichurri sauce? Yes. <laughs> nice. All right, to stay on Jared Allen for just a moment. Okay. That was the end of the, <laughs> Great. the interview session. He did well. Thank you. Um, Thanks for asking all those questions. That was nice. I feel I, I feel bad I can't return the favor. Oh, I mean, there are someone else's questions, so it's, it's okay. <laughs> uh, I didn't have to do a whole lot of work copying and pasting Steve Serber or whatever the guy's name was questions. All right, to stay on Jared Allen, we have talked about this off mic. Um, his blocks have been plummeting. Hmm. Uh, in addition to which, he just overall has seemed increasingly less impactful. I agree. As the season has worn on. Yeah. So I kind of I looked up a few things. He, in October, he was averaging two blocks. He's down to 1.1 blocks. And Oh, my God. In December. In December, yeah. <laughs> in, 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 minor gastro uh, in, in, in the issue. haunting sound I just made in, <laughs> into the microphone. Um. And he his scoring and rebound and rebounding have also both dropped from November to December. Mm. Uh, what do you think's going on with with who at the the first month or so of the season was a consensus? Well, other than Karis LeVert, uh, consensus top young net. Yeah, and I would still put him there. I. But yeah, I agree. I mean, th- those numbers are impossible to argue with. Uh, block. So in terms of the blocks, as as we also discussed off mic, I do think part of that is uh, Nets coaches saying like, we have got to stop hemorrhaging offensive rebounds. Yeah. You need to not just completely commit to whoever is driving the lane and just try to block over all else because it leaves your your the person you're guarding completely open to just dunk it if they miss. Right. Um. Which is not Jarrett's fault. Um, no, God bless just him. a greater emphasis on rebounding right. in general. Right. Yeah. But but points and and rebounds. He had a horrible rebounding night. The other, or he had like five rebounds. But that that's old Jarrett. That's last year's Jarrett. Right. We got to have big new 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 season Jarrett. I think that part of it is Spencer and uh, D'Angelo duking it out and sort of trying to be like the. The kings of the court and right. not giving a shit about anyone else. And to the extent that they give a shit about anyone else, they just throw it to somebody who can shoot a three immediately. With Jarrett, you kind of got to baby it in. You got to like really, you got to really want to give the ball to Jarrett because he's not gonna do that. He's gonna like slam the ball once you've given it to him, basically. Right, but he needs it up there in the air. Yeah, served up for him exactly on a platter. All right. 
What do you think? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's it's sad though. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I, th- I think he's really exciting when he's good. I love the blocks. I love the dunks. Um, mm-hmm. It's fun to see him get more rebounds. It's fun to see him get aggressive. Yeah, like last year when he got Bam out of Bio's face. <clears throat> I know that was an exciting moment for us. I'd like to see more of that. Um, I agree, and and less of the extremely controlled guy who wants to go on a camping trip to Maine and enjoys having a Whole Foods near his home, which is, a, you know, a nice perk of where he lives. Probably lives in the Gowanus area near uh, near the practice facility. But still, I, you know, I want a guy who maybe likes going to um, the strip club in that area or something. Or yeah, just like a little more edge Something that isn't a, 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 a chain store right. as your number one. Find to like a chain store. I don't right. want to sound but, like a real, you know, hipster jerk, but maybe not your top. Thing. Right. It doesn't dis- it doesn't scream Brooklyn. Yes. Uh, all right. So I want to. We've got a, a couple more things to get to. <laughs> naturally. Okay. I want to. I want to tell you about some stats I dug up. Okay. Very briefly. So I was just on the ad- advanced player stats, mm-hmm. and so when I go onto that page, because they feature like various intriguing stats on that page, and they rotate them out. So I just do like a find anything that is BKN for a Brooklyn player. So two players appeared on these lists uh, four times. First one, D'Lo, who is tenth, tenth in assist percentage. At 34.8%. What does that mean? What is an assist percentage? Do not know. Okay. <laughs> uh, but the other people on it are great. Okay. Uh, are, are generally very, very good, like considered very, very good point guards. Um, what do you think it might mean? Uh, I would assume maybe the percentage of, of possessions when you're, but times that you touch the ball that it ends in an assist. Okay. That seems like a lot. Well, anyway, fuck if I know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, fun that he's on that advanced yeah. uh, advanced stat list. Ed Davis is on three different lists. Simon, he is the number one offensive rebounder percentage wise in the entire NBA, wow. and he is the sixth best defensive rebounder in the entire NBA, making him the second best overall rebounder in the entire NBA. That's amazing. Percentage-wise. Right, right. Incredible, right? That's, that's amazing. Yeah. And he needs more minutes. A, right. I mean, it is percentage-based. Yeah. But, um, and who knows? If he got more minutes, he might not be able to keep that level up. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's pretty impressive. He's such a good piece. He, as we've talked about, like... We shouldn't sign him to a lot of money, but somebody should give him like ten million dollars. No, he's a really yeah, he's he's great. I do not think he'll be with the team long term. Yeah, but uh, what a joy! It was I a like great him. pickup by Marks. Yeah, uh, Kudut started last game. Simon, do you, uh, if Crab is out tonight, will he start again? Yes. If, if Crab comes back tonight, will he start again? No, uh. because because Crab. I, I mean, I think they you know desperately want Crab to be good and. He actually has been shooting well the last few games. Um, 
By the way, on those plus minus stat things, just very quickly, uh, Crab is actually surprisingly good in like the two man lineups and like whatever. Like mm. even though his actual numbers are horrible, I will edit that out after we finish. <laughs> uh, we are going to conclude with a question we got from Lip Sanity. Oh, wonderful! Uh, he he writes, "Would you please rename your podcast?" Cuckolded by God. I think you'll get more reviews. Thank you. <laughs> Simon, are you willing to commit to renaming our podcast Cuckolded by God? Yes. Bill, you know I come from the land of clickbait. <laughs> I, made, I made my bread right. uh, for many years in the clickbait game. And uh, I'm not about to turn my back on it. You're an artist of the, yeah. the bait. Yeah. Um, okay. Thank you for the question. Thank you. Keep them coming. Simon, where can people... Get in touch. Yes. Send us your questions uh, at maybe next time at gmail.com. Follow us or send us your questions on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at maybe time.com. So on Instagram, now that you can highlight certain stories that you've done, we have a whole highlight, uh, I don't even know what the hell you call it, category for times that you and I, and sometimes others, are at Barclays Center. Um, so if people are interested, go in, check it out, see some of the experiences we've been having this season as members of the block. Most of the experiences you'll find um are us applying various filters to our faces as we watch or wait for the Nets to come back (laughs) into action. Yeah. But uh, there's some fun stuff on there. I agree, Bill. I think you do a wonderful job on our Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, I think our numbers would argue otherwise, (laughs) but I... I I really enjoy them. Me too. I have a good time (laughs) doing it. You know, that's that's the important thing. Yeah. Hillary likes it as well. (laughs) All right. Well, we will go ahead and see ya. Uh, next time I was tired of my lady We'd been together too long Like a worn out recording Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read If you like